I'd love for you, please, to turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Zechariah. Zechariah was an Old Testament prophet. So he comes and he speaks into the context of um, the Israelites after they returned from 70 years of captivity from Babylon. And as they return, um, to the temple, well, Jerusalem is wasted. The once glorious temple of Solomon is in a heap of rubbish. And um, when God caused them to rebuild the temple, it seemed to be an impossible task. When Solomon built the temple, he employed 150,000 men. And then you can imagine still the women and children associated with the two. He had 3,000 foremen on the job. Only 50,000 people had returned from Babylon, including the aged, the mighty women, and the children. Solomon had an unlimited treasury. But these guys returning from Babylon only had meager funds. The task seemed impossible to rebuild. Zechariah, the prophet, comes, and he speaks into this context as many started to lay the foundations of the temple. But because of the lack of support, the lack of resources, and the lack of encouragement, they stopped rebuilding the temple. They returned back to their homes to give attention to their homes, but they left the temple unattended. And here Zechariah comes in, and God speaks through him, and he presents a vision that God uses to speak to Zerubbabel and to the people of his day to encourage them to switch their focus off of their discouragement and their disappointments and their defeats and to focus them on him. And so what I would like to do is to read the scripture for us and I want to apply it to some of what God is doing within our lives individually but also our life as a church as we speak into a few things. Both Ken and Jenny will come and also share in just a few moments. But Zechariah chapter four. Then the angel who talked with me returned and woke me up like someone awakened from sleep. He asked me, what do you see? I answered, I see a solid gold lampstand with a bowl at the top and seven lamps on it, with seven channels to the lamps. Also, there are two olive trees by it, one on the right of the bowl and the other on its left. I asked the angel who talked with me, what are these, my Lord? He answered, do you not know what these are? No, my Lord, I replied. He said to me, this is the word of the Lord, Zerubbabel. Not by might, 
nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. What are you, mighty mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you will become level ground. Then he will bring out the capstone to shouts of God bless it, God bless it. Then the word of the Lord came to me. The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. His hands will also complete it. Don't you love that? Then you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me to you. Who dares despise the day of small things? Since the seven eyes of the Lord that range throughout the earth will rejoice when they see the chosen capstone in the hand of Zerubbabel. Then I asked the angel, what are these two olive trees on the right and left of the lampstand? When you read and you study this, you will see that the two olive trees are actually Joshua and it is Zerubbabel, and we may talk about that a little bit later. He replied, do you not know what these are? No, my Lord, I see. So he said, these are the two who are anointed to serve the Lord for all the earth. The key verse that I would like us to focus on within this chapter is found in verse 6. Verse 6 says, So he said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. I had the incredible privilege on, uh, over this past week, Jenny, myself, and Ken together to be at a conference in Bournemouth in England. And at the conference on Friday evening during the time of worship, I was just really, really crying out to the Lord um, in relation to the massive task that lie ahead of us as a church. And um, the massive task that lie ahead of, 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 of me, and I felt particularly vulnerable in that moment and it was so clear that as I was crying out to God that he spoke to me from the words of Zechariah and he reminded me of these words. Um, this is the word of the Lord to Sir Rubabel. Uh, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it is by my spirit, says the Lord God Almighty. And it was amazing uh, I've had the privilege of being a person who knows Jesus from a young age and who had read the scripture. And this verse I had put to memory many, many years ago and it would flow off of my lips so often and I'm sure that many of you had had the same experience as I did. And particularly when we get into a situation that is too big for us, we would oftentimes quote this verse, and I think sometimes we would quote it completely out of its context, and we would say, it is not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. And um, 
It overwhelmed me on Friday evening at the conference as this passage of Scripture came to me. And, and as God spoke to me, there was a real sense of courage that came up within my heart, within my mind. Because I know that eight years ago when Jenna and I came here and when we were called by the elders of the church and left our church in Durban that we had pastored for, for many years, and we came here and we looked at the awesome task of, of, of leading a team within this church that leads this church, the eldership team. And when we really felt this immense burden within our heart for Europe, I knew that it was a task way too big for us. I remember for the first maybe four years that every week before I came to this facility and amongst the people, there was such a real sense of a spirit of intimidation within my heart. And uh, I thought about that this week and I'd almost forgotten about it the last few years. But we had to break through a spirit of intense intimidation from every corner it had seemed. And I knew that this task that laid ahead of us was much bigger than us. I said to the elders when I came to this church, I said to them, God has brought us here and sent us here for a task much larger than ourselves and a task much larger than this church. And I think at the moment, um, our footprint as a church, it's much larger than what we are. And I have no doubt that it has not been because we had the resource or we had the might to do it with. It was because the Spirit of God empowered us as a church during every transitional time, particularly within my time here over the last eight years, into a place where he made a whole lot of the little that we placed within his hands. And I think that Zechariah, as he was speaking to Zerubbabel, wanted to put some courage within his heart. And not only courage within his heart, he wanted to equip him for this task that was lying ahead of him. That was awesome. He was dealing with the people who was just coming out of many years, 70 years of captivity in Babylon. So their self-esteem was low. Um, they weren't confident. They were excited to be back. But they had to not only rebuild the temple, but they had to rebuild their own lives. I do feel that as the Spirit of God spoke to me to say, Piet, it is not by might, it is not by power, but it's by my spirit that a fresh courage. Now, I think you pretty much know that we here are like bulldogs. Um, when we grab a hold of something, we don't let go. And um, we haven't. But each season requires a fresh impartation of courage for what lies ahead.
for you personally, and I know that there are people within this facility today and people at home who are viewing with us that you're rebuilding your life. You're rebuilding maybe your marriage. You may be rebuilding your family. You may be in a company that is rebuilding. You're in a phase where things need to be recreated. Now, my friends, your ability, the resources that you have, is ill-equipped to do that. And God, this morning, would say to us, and I felt it to be a God word for us now, it is not by might. It is not by power. But it's by your spirit, says the Lord. It's by your spirit, says the Lord. And we want to look a little bit further at that in a few minutes. But while we were at this conference, and I'd spoken to some of you, not all, just about the intention of this conference. It was called the Advanced Conference. Over the last three years, we came alongside of a number of guys who are a part of this movement called Advance. Um, some of these guys I've known for close on 30 years and some are new relationships. About three years ago, we had a guy, uh, well, a couple, Matt and Grace Hosier, to come and to speak at the church here. And they were actually not... Uh, at this All Nations, they were here at the previous All Nations. Do you remember, those of you who were here there? And Matt spoke that if we are to complete the task that God would call us to, he spoke that, and he said we can only do it through the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you remember? And he spoke on the Holy Spirit that day. It is not by might, it's not by power, but it's by his Spirit. And so we started to form a relationship with Matt. And then we had a dear friend of ours and also um, a, a man that um, uh, uh, Christo and Elise are best friends with and a number of you had been in his church in a place called Cape Town and the church was Common Ground. A man, his name is Rigby Wallace and it is, um, uh, he's, he's not my father Although, you know, uh, oftentimes when I introduce Rick P because he would speak at all of the other churches that we pastored in South Africa, and as he comes up to speak, I'd say, this is Rick P. Wallace, my father. And the congregation would laugh because they knew he wasn't my father, and Rick P's always prided himself on being this young, vibrant, good-looking guy, which he is, uh, but just a, just a wonderful man. And so he's come a number of times and he spoke at our church. He was here a couple of months ago. As a matter of fact, he's spoken three times within the life of our church and have, um, I've renewed a friendship with him um, that we've had now for three years so that we as a church can um, have a meaningful covering over us and a meaningful relationship that would help us do the work of God that he's called us to into the future, but also that we can have a group that we are responsible to, so that when I, uh, if I had to speak error or fall into sin, that it doesn't just fall on the elders to help restore me and to point out my sin, 
but that they would have um, couples to come in um, who would really help them through that process. Do you think that's a good thing? Of course it is. Um, we're mere men and women, and we need that. And of course, over the last eight years that we were here, one of the things that the elders commissioned me to do was to bring the church into a meaningful relationship. The group that I was a part of, that I've loved, a wonderful, wonderful group, just within my heart. Um, Jen and I just didn't feel that we could put um, that structure upon lift. I've got great meaningful relationships with them, so we've never been independent since I've been here. They've always been there, but it was not the type of relationship that we could walk with into the future. But now, with this advanced group um, and these friends of ours that we've come to know over the last three years, um, we as an eldership have made a decision that we no longer just want to walk alongside of them as we have the last three years, but we actually want to walk with them as a church. And that's going to take a year, maybe two years, just to find out what it actually means for us as a congregation. And so we're at the very infancy stages of it. But we've made that decision. And at this conference, um, both Jen, myself, Ken, and Christine, uh, and I received a huge tick within our hearts that this is God's will for us as a church. And so I wanted to give this intro and I think it is all related to what God spoke to me so clearly about on Friday night. And uh, I think it's a very, very exciting thing. And so I'm going to ask Jenny just to come and share something and then Ken just about um, the conference and about this relationship that we're embarking on in a meaningful way. So this week, um, with all of these pastors and their wives and leadership teams from around the world, because this team is from all around the world, um, we got to have long moments of worship and hearing God. There was some amazing teaching. And then we also got to form lots of relationships with all different people around the world. And I think I came away with a few things. I came away with an incredible joy. When you link with something bigger than yourselves, there's a joy that comes. And we had such joy that week. I came away corrected and adjusted. Because sometimes our thinking goes a little bit skew on some things. And then when you're in a bigger situation, it gets pulled back into line. So I was adjusted and corrected. And then I was also filled with hope. I went, we can do this thing in Europe. Because now we have a much bigger group helping us. And it just filled me with such hope. We heard what God is doing in all the different churches around the world. And it's incredible. God is on the move. The gospel is advancing. And then they called Piet and I up to tell them what was happening in Switzerland. And we told them all about you. Because <laughs> we said we're part of this amazing church in Switzerland. And God's doing stuff. So they got to hear about you. But um, I experienced those three things. And I know that when we as a church... Now, walk with this team, you are going to experience those three things. You are going to get joy, you're going to get adjustment and correction, and you are going to be filled with hope that actually God's got something for us, not only in Switzerland, but in Europe, and we can do it. Thanks, Ken. So, Jen, after saying that, I'm not sure what else I can add. <laughs> I can maybe just share that um, 
um, you know, having been on this journey and also been one of those that were part of the eldest team that, that commissioned Piet and them to, to, to lead us into a covenant, covenant that we can, exactly as Piet said, it's just a wonderful thing for me to be part of this journey. And as we've, you know, since the 219 wrestle, we went to three different, we were different areas and it was just such a sense of a confirmation for me that, Lord, these people we can, we can be part of, these people we can be um, co-working with, but also be under. Uh, and it was just a wonderful thing. So for me, I can just say that I had incredible moments with uh, th this movement is about planting churches, being part of reaching people in their areas and in amazing ways, creating the gospel in simple people's lives with, with churches planted in all different ways. And then you get to hear these stories of some of the people that are so just seen God do major things. We had since 219 through the COVID period, uh, you knew that as a church we were part of helping India and Nepal during COVID. Of course, the Christian churches, these small churches in homes, you know, didn't have finances and uh, not even being part of them. We felt as an eldership that we wanted to support them. And, and here we are standing in this conference and this couple steps up um, and they're just beaming of what God has done through COVID and how he has grown the churches in all these little villages in Nepal and in India. Seven more churches planted. I think 25% of all the churches that have been started of this organization is in the India and Nepal area. And when you talk to them, you see this joy that transcends the hardships. It transcends the fact that they don't have anything in COVID, but somehow God provided and the church grew. The people, the gospel was, and those are the stories when you hear about that, and you're like, oh, Lord, this is, this, is, this is what it's all about. And then similarly, Northern Ireland, a wonderful bunch of guys and, and people that I, I thought, oh, I just want to go and see them. I want to go and, you know, learn, just be part of them. So there's all these things that in this time just lifted my heart. And then, of course, all the teachings, and that was lovely. And my heart is, I was, there was moments when we were maybe at teaching or just worshiping or chatting, and I'm thinking, oh, man. I just was, you know, I, I know that Philip would be so blessed by speaking to this guy about golf. And, uh, you know, I just, just know that, uh, you know, Wayne would love this guy. Or I, wonder, I wish that person was here to experience just this moment. So I'm hoping somehow that we can really have a lot of wonderful people next time they have a conference. Because this is what it's about, just catching that fire of what it is to be part of the gospel and and, and really experience what God is doing in a real practical way. Not with my power or the might, but when his spirit moves, oh, what a blessing. Thanks, Fiat. Thank you so much. And um, the emphasis would be that next time we go, we want to take as many of you along with us. And um, so we're deeply grateful. Um, with this advanced team they call them and then the churches that partner with them, you'll find out that many of us are under reconstruction. And that's the beautiful thing is that there's no hierarchy, it's not this or that, it is just a group of churches with a, a group of men and women that we connect with, we relate to, and we walk together for the sake of the gospel so that we can strengthen churches on the one hand, and then start new churches. We're their first church in Europe that's connecting with them. And so they've asked Lyft 
to be one, well, we're the only church in Europe that connects with them so that we can be a groundbreaking church into Europe. And that's why, you know, I just feel, Lord, we can't do it by might. We can't do it by power. But we can do it through your mighty strength, through your spirit. And that is where we are at. And uh, we'll be working, walking through the conversations over the next year that we need to have just to get us more fully involved and for us to understand what it really means practically. But I think the important thing this morning is that as God speaks to us about the bigger picture here, he speaks to us about the picture that is all important to him, and that's you. And... um, when God speaks to us this morning, in the context of what I've already said, God would come to you today, and God would say to you, you cannot do it in your own resource or in your own strength, but you can rebuild your life through him. Where your hope has splintered, and it's no longer there, You don't have to rely upon yourself, again, to have this type of hope. You can have it as you allow Jesus to step into your life and for him to resource you on every single level. So we have Zachariah speaking in a dream. Um, Well, The angel is speaking to Zechariah in a dream and says, go to Zerubbabel and tell him what I've said to you. And I can imagine where Zerubbabel is. And and he's tried with the people to put the foundations in place. They have given up. And the thing that happens when we stop doing what God has called us to do, we step back into our past. Our focus is on what happened in Babylon. And we realized the slavery that we were under. We realized um, that we were slave-driven. We realized that we had other masters over our lives. And suddenly we feel oppressed. And I think that this is the way Zerubbabel felt. He felt oppressed by the circumstances. Because you see, my friends, when we are unable to look forward and to be involved with that very thing that God has placed before us, we have no other place to look but backwards. And when we look backwards, the light of hope dims. We feel overwhelmed and our spirit becomes constricted within ourselves. And so God kindly comes to Zerubbabel and he says to him, you're one of the two chosen people that I have chosen to rebuild the temple. And you're one of the channels that I'm going to use through which my spirit will flow through so that people can be empowered to build the temple, to rebuild it, but at the same time for them to rebuild their own lives. And my friends, it's never one or the other. 
And this is where we fall short so often. When we're in a bad place, we say, well, I can't get involved in the good things. I just need to focus on myself. My friends, that's not the way how God works. When you're in a bad place, God says, be amongst those who have put their hands to the plow, who's moving forward. And my friends, this is what the angel is saying to Zerubbabel here. He says, hey, I know that it was tough in Babylon. I know that the people are overburdened again by the memory of what they were. And the worst thing is when we come out of a place of bondage and we come out of it and we stand, the worst place is to be is just to stand there and not to move into something else that God has for us. And so we see here that God was very gracious to give the Israelites a task to do to rebuild the temple which was a real fortified place of worship for the Israelites. And when they saw that temple, courage came within their hearts again. And so God gave them that task to complete. It is almost like when you go to different countries and when you step off of the plane and there's a flag of that country, you know, you kind of have courage within your heart. I remember at the age of 18, I moved to America. And um, I was there for um, two and a half years, almost three years before I was able to come back to South Africa to see my parents. And while I was in college there, I flew back and I remember landing in South Africa, Johannesburg Airport. And those days they would have the South African flag there. And as I stepped into the airport and I saw the flag, there was a sense of courage that came into my heart. And I'm sure that you feel the same way when you go back to your countries or being a part of Switzerland. I must say, I kind of feel really proud of the Swiss flag now. Um, wherever I go, we were in Spain to go and see our son. And as we were at a restaurant there, um, I think it was, uh, the, uh, Switzerland was commemorating um, uh, their day of the 1st of August, yeah. And they were commemorating and celebrating. And as I walked into the restaurant, Jane wasn't feeling too well that night. And I just sat there and I ordered myself a meal and a glass of water. And um, as I was, no, it wasn't a glass of water. Uh, it was a glass of wine. And as I sat there, uh, I saw there were tables laden with Swiss flags. And the seats had little Swiss flags on, and I thought, wow, I'm going to be with my fellow Swiss people today. <laughs> and, and as the night progressed, I was still on my first glass of wine, and um, as I was sitting there, the Swiss people walked in, and they were louder than what they are normally in Switzerland. <laughs> And they got together, oh, there must have been about 12 or 15 of them. And they were so loud in the restaurant there. You know, I, I wanted to go and join them. I wanted to go and sit with them and say, you know what, I'm also Swiss, but I'm not quite yet there. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm so proud of being in Switzerland when I 
see that flag. And it's a great flag, isn't it? It's a great flag. The Israelites had forgotten what that national pride was like. They had forgotten what it meant to be people of courage. They were victims and God wanted to move them into a place of being a victor, of being conquerors, of people who had overcome. You see, my friends, you can physically overcome, but not overcome in your spirit. And that's what happens within our lives oftentimes when we encounter the Lord Jesus and he releases us from the burden of sin and guilt and shame that we carry. He releases us from that and we come and we are a Christian. We're a follower of the Lord Jesus. We've stepped into that place. But my friends, we haven't yet developed within our hearts that understanding and that attitude that now I serve. No longer a slave master, but one who has become my friend and one who, has, who desires to fellowship with me and one who desires to build me up. And oftentimes we're in that in-between stage where we've come out of our sins, we were in that place in Christ, but we haven't yet started putting on, as Paul says in the book of Colossians, the new garments. And my friends, it is essential for us to put on those new garments for us, us to experience that hope and that life that God has for us. And so Zechariah speaks to Zerubbabel and he says to him, my friend, it is not by might, and it refers to the military might, what people can do together. He says, your, your success doesn't rely on that. Not on your collective strength. He says, it is not by power. That refers to the strength of the individual. So it's not in the might of the people. It is also not in the strength of the individual. But, he says, it is by my spirit. What he was saying was that God was going to step into their very midst. But not only into their very midst, he was going to step into their very life. And he was going to become their success. My friends, that's the wonderful gospel. That's the good news that God brings to us. Is that he steps into our lives. And he starts a process of rebuilding us. And giving us hope and giving us life. And he said to the Israelites... I'm going to use Rababel, I'm going to use Joshua just to rebuild what is lacking. I don't know what is lacking within your life today, but I really felt God just speak to me on Friday night. And I really felt he wasn't only just speaking to me, but he was speaking to you. And he was saying that your resource is not enough. to rebuild your life. 
What you have worked for is just not enough. As a matter of fact, if you focus on that, you will remain empty. I just feel that God is saying that again, that you need to open up your heart to him. It is by my spirit. The word spirit in the Hebrew, Hebrew is ruah. And it means that ruah is the breath of God that he breathes into your spirit. I don't want this to sound very mystical, but it is mystical <laughs> because it is supernatural. And I thought, you know, this verse sounds so mystical. It, 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 it's abstract. But my friends, when you deal with a God who is supernatural and he breathes his Holy Spirit into your life, something miraculous happens within us that produces a peace and a joy that our possessions, that our collective effort can never accomplish. And with that, the rebuilding process starts. That is awesome. Let me leave it right here and pray for us. And trust God for you. Maybe in that place where Sarababal and the Israelites are, where you started looking back. Sometimes easier to go back to what we know, even whether it's a form of slavery. Because we, we even sense sometimes and we feel that we belong in a form of slavery. There's a sense of identity at least there. God wants to give you a new identity today as he breathes his spirit into your life.